Welcome to Ridgecrest Baptist. We thank you for listening. Now, here is this week's message. So I'm not uh, a superstitious person, but I am a little stitious. Um, I wear, and that's for you, Terry. Um, so you might notice my same shirt that I had on this morning. These are my Henry socks. Um, and I wear them every time I preach. They help me feel better. So. Uh, thank you all for coming tonight. Um, I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer and we will begin. Um, and I pray that tonight that we hear God's word and nothing that I say. And it's all, all about him. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father, just for who you are. We pray that your spirit continues to move in hearts, Father. Hearts that have been here for 70 years or, God, for first time tonight, God, that your spirit will move. God, that we will hear your words and not mine. God, that you will move me out of the way. God, you will give me clarity of speech and focus and God, it would be your words, God, and not not mine. God, we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do and what you've already done and what you're doing in my own heart right now. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so if you'll go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Um, I'm actually going to start in Acts chapter 4, but our main passage will be in Matthew chapter 11. Um, and tonight we are going to start off with the gospel and we're going to end with the gospel. And if you've been a Christian since you were six years old and, and been a Christian for 60 years, or if you've never accepted Christ, or if you're new to all of this, we all need the gospel. We need a reminder of it daily. We need to remember who we are in the story. Remember who Christ is in the story. And remember that, and sometimes we just need a refreshing of it, a renewal of who Christ is. And so in, in Acts, um, Jesus ascends to heaven in chapter 1. And in chapter 2, the Pente- uh, it's the day of Pentecost, and the, the Holy Spirit comes. And um, it comes on the people, and it comes on the disciples, and they begin sharing the gospel. And the church starts, and people are coming to Christ, people, one after another. Thousands upon thousands of people are getting saved. And in chapter 3, um, Peter heals a lame person, heals a person who couldn't walk. And so this is starting to upset the Jews that are still around, because it's still there. And their opposition, so it's starting to upset them. That they're healing and they're, they're preaching the gospel and preaching the resurrection of the dead. And so we're going to, in Acts chapter 4, verses um, 1 through 12, it says, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who had heard the message believed, and so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest's family. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. And this is the question they asked them. It says, by what power or what name did you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This morning we sang in Christ alone, and that is my favorite song. And it's in Christ alone that we are saved. 
It is in Christ alone that this man was healed. It is in Christ alone that we have freedom and freedom from religion, freedom from rebellion, freedom from sin, and just freedom for eternal life. And it is in Christ alone. And so now we're going to go to our main passage tonight in Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus tonight is going to offer us an invitation of exchange. A switching of, from one thing to another. He's going to offer us something, but it's going to cost us something. And so in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. If you see all these orange things, these are my passages, so don't worry. There's a lot of them. Um, so. And so in Matthew chapter 11, he is going around and he's been preaching, he's been healing people, been teaching. All these things have happened. And in verse 27, um, he says, he, he's um, explaining who he is. And he says, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son. And those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So in this passage, Jesus is explaining who he is. First, he is the son and he is the Messiah. And because he is the son and the Messiah, he has been given authority to save, authority to provide salvation, authority to grant eternal life, to grant forgiveness. And so now that we know who he is and who he claims to be and we can trust in that and who we know that Peter said this man was healed in this man's name because of who he is and what he has done, Jesus offers us this invitation. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Who is this invitation for? This invitation is for those who are weary and burdened. And tonight we are going to talk about the burden of the Jews. We're going to talk about the burden of the Gentiles, the burden of the Christians, and how all of it needs to be in exchange for the burden of Christ. And I pray that as we go through God's word and we see that, that you see your place in the story and to see what burdens you need to lay down and take up the burden of Christ. And so the, we'll start off with the burden of the Jews. So if you've grown up in church long enough, you know that when we talk about the Old Testament, we talk about the law, and sometimes the law gets a bad name, right? The law gets a bad rap because, um, because of what we're going to talk about tonight. And so the misconception is that when we hear the law, the first, the law can mean in the New Testament, the law can mean the Old Testament. It can just mean God's word. Um, the law could also mean Moses' writings, the first five books of the Bible. Um, but then the law could also mean the legalistic distortion that plagued the Jews. And so tonight as we talk about um, the burden of the Jews, the burden of the Jews is legalism, is fighting and living their life, trying to earn the approval of someone else. And that burden that they carried. Because the law is not a bad thing. The law is not to be abolished. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44, it says, Jesus says that, This is what I told you while still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So the law is to be fulfilled. The law is a good thing. The law shows us our sin. The law is God's word. The law is these things. But what has happened is that the Pharisees have taken this law and added so much to it and placed it onto the Jews and placed this burden of legalism. Paul, there wasn't a Greek word for the word legalism, but Paul calls it the works of the law. 
In Romans chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Whether through the law we become conscious of our sin. So the works of the law that is speaking here is the legalistic approach to living life. It's to following these rules and following the truth and trying to do it all on your own. Trying to earn your own merit, on your own, earn your own way. And what the Pharisees did is the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they took that and they placed it on the Jews. And they said, you've got to do these things and you've got to earn your way and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And it became a burden to the Jewish people. It became more than a love for Christ. It became an oblig- I mean, a love for the law or a love for God, a love for Christ. It became an obligation. It became um, oppression, religious oppression that they felt all the time. In Matthew 23, 4, it says that, is that they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And that's the load, the burdens that the Jews have been have put on them by their teachers of the law. Instead of finding this love for God's word, as David says in Psalm 119, that I delight in God's word, I delight, I meditate day and night, it becomes a religious burden that they carry. And it's not out of obedience, it's not out of love, it's not out of faithfulness, it's out of obligation, and it's out of just legalistic living. And what's put ourselves in that picture? Ourselves in that picture would be the churchgoer who has gone to church his whole life but never came to know Christ. He may be successful in our community. He may be a good businessman. He may have good things going for him. He may have a great family, big family, whatever. But someone who's never come to know Christ and has lived this life to where they built up this, this is who I am. And to seek the approval of man, to seek the approval of the church. They even may be a deacon or a Sunday school teacher in our church, man or woman. And this churchgoer has lived his life in a legalistic way. If I do these things, if I don't drink, smoke, or cuss, that's the old Baptist sins, drink, smoking, and cussing. You know, if I don't do those things, I'm good. And if they see me teach Sunday school for 50 years, I'm good. And they live their life living for the approval of man, living for the approval of church people, and not having a relationship with God, and not having a relationship with Christ. And it's a life of legalism they have lived all their life. And there are people in this room, probably people in this room, who have lived that life. And that burden that you have been carrying all your life is trying to, just trying to approve the people in this room and never have a relationship with God. And tonight, the invitation will be for you to lay down that burden and take the burden of Christ. The other group of people is the Gentiles. And so if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And Ephesians chapter 2 explains to us who, kind of who the Gentiles were. The Jews were God's chosen people. They were the nation of Israel. They were his people. But the Gentiles were anyone who was not um, an, a Jew or an Israelite. It says, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by human hands. Remember that at your time you were separate, separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in heaven, in Israel, sorry, and foreigners of the, to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. 
The Gentiles were separate from Christ, excluded, without hope, and without God. The Gentiles didn't have a shot if the disciples don't go share the gospel. Because Jesus came for the Jews, and then, he, then we carry the message to the Gentiles. And they lived a life. And if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, right on the next page, it says, So I tell you this, and insist on this in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. The Gentiles live in ignorance. While the Jews know the truth and know the law and have lived a life trying to win the approval of man by doing what would the law said but not doing it in faith in God, the Gentiles are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Until Peter and Paul take the gospel to them, they've lived a life in ignorance and sin, a life of hardening hearts, a life um, in the dark. And the burden that they carry is a burden of, of sin and darkness. And there are places in this world that we know as Christians that when you go to, if you've been a Christian long enough, you know what spiritual warfare is. And when you go to those places and you go to those areas of town or, or even buildings or whatever, you can tell that that's a dark place. You can tell that sin has just overcome the people there, that Christ is not welcome there. If you go to New Orleans, if you, there's a famous street called Bourbon Street. We all think, oh, we should go to Bourbon Street. But you go, that place is lost as all get out. And that burden that those people carry, they don't even know that it's weighing them down. They don't even know that burden. And if you're a Christian in this room and you've lived a life um, of Christ and you didn't get saved when you were six years old, which there's salvation happens for everyone, but you lived a life, um, Scott can attest to this, you lived a life without God for so long, you know what that burden feels like. You know what that lostness feels like. And we as Christians sometimes get so upset that lost people are acting like lost people. They don't know they're lost. They don't know the truth. They don't know those chains. They don't know the heaviness that they carry. And so the burden that we've with here is it's not a burden of false light. It's a burden of real darkness. And so some, there are some people in this room that this is your life. You may have heard of Jesus, you may have heard the truth, but you have never given your hearts to Him. You may have no idea what any of us talk about. And you have never heard of Christ, and you have lived a life in the dark. Lived a life just of heavy burden that you know that you're just lost and you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe it's a life of unrepentance, that you refuse to turn from sin. You refuse to turn from ways that, um, that bring you down. And now there's the burden of Christ. So in Matthew chapter 11, he says to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you are carrying around this burden of the Jews... Well, you've been trying to live your life for the approval of someone else. 
If you've been living this life in the burden of the Gentiles where you don't know Christ. He says, take my burden because my burden is easy and my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is an invitation of exchange. It's a, I'm laying this burden down and I'm taking your burden, Christ. If we go to Ephesians chapter 4, it explains to us what this kind of looks like. Because it's easy to say, take my yoke, and we have no idea. If you're not a farmer, you don't know what a yoke is. A yoke is what they put on the donkey or the cow or the ox, and they use it to plow the fields, and that's what that animal carries. That's his neck where he carries the plow. And it's not an easy burden. It's not an easy weight to carry. It means tilling up the field. But Jesus is saying, take my yoke. In Ephesians chapter 4, if we carry on with verse 20 through 24, it says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned. And when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When he calls you and he says, come to me for I will give you rest. All you who are weary and burdened, take my yoke upon you. He is saying, take off your old self, take off your old burdens, your old way of life, your old way of thinking, your old way of trying, and put on the new way. Put on the new self. It's an exchange. It's not leaving it there and walking away. It's an exchange. You have to take something with you. And that what you're taking with you is the burden of Christ. And in Romans chapter 3, it says that, um, I don't want to butcher it, it says, but now apart from the law of righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all of us have carried this burden all of our life until we came to Christ. No matter what that burden looked like, all of us have carried that. And when Jesus died on the cross like Bailey shared, when he hung on that tree so the veil was torn, he did it for all. He did it for the Jew and he did it for the Gentile. He did it for God's people, God's chosen people, and he did it for everybody else. So that all can be free and forgiven. For all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For all of us carry this burden. And what he's saying is that we, it is time for an exchange. The old famous thing that we say in church is, you know, come as you are, right? But it's not come as you are, leave as you are. It's come as you are and leave different. Leave changed. If you're in this room and you are carrying burden of religion, carrying burden of being in Ridgecrest Baptist since 1954, I don't know what year we started. I should have checked. <laughs> if you've been carrying that burden all your life, a burden of religion, good old Southern Baptist, it ain't going to get you to heaven and it ain't going to get you saved. And you've been trying to win the approval of us and we know who you are. It doesn't mean nothing. Lay that burden down and take the burden of Christ. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, lay that burden down. That burden of being 
lost and trapped in your sin, trapped in your ways, and lay that burden down. Maybe you are a believer tonight, and you've been carrying the burdens of this world on you. Maybe it's the burden of family. Families are tough. Families are messy. People are messy. And you've been carrying that burden. Lay that burden down. Maybe in this room and you have unrepentance in your heart. And you need to forgive or seek forgiveness from someone else. Lay those burdens down. Maybe just the, just the world is beating you up. Lay those burdens down. And take the burden of Christ. The burden of Christ, he says, take my yoke upon you. That yoke, that burden is a life of faith, a life of obedience to him, a life of following after him. But that burden far, far, far away is less than the burden of the Jews and the Gentiles. And how much rather carry in my life the burden of Christ and those burdens that I've carried so long. Before I came to Ridgecrest, this is not on my page, before I came to Ridgecrest, um, I was at a church for 10 years. I was a youth pastor. And when I left, things wasn't gravy. Um, I didn't get fired or anything. It wasn't like that. But just things wasn't good when, in my own heart. Things wasn't good with me. And the preacher kind of had just, we butted heads. He, we, he was always the grandfather. I mean, I had a bunch of grandpas, but he was like my grandfather. And when I left, things, you know, it, it just didn't go well. And it took me a year to lay those burdens down and to trust God with my life and trust God for forgiveness. I had a lot of bitterness in my life. And it took a year for me to say, God, I'm laying this down and I'm taking on the burden that you have given me. I was saved. I was a believer. I was a minister. But I was carrying that burden for so long. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're carrying those kind of burdens. We met some church um, church planners, and Brother David's going to speak a lot on this more next week, and I don't want to steal his thunder or anything, but we met some church planners and um, a guy who used to be a Muslim who's now saved, and things that have cost them their families and cost them their lives and cost them their their financial stability, all for the sake of Christ. And they would trade it in a minute. And there's faithful Christians in this room who have been Christians for 60 years and have been faithful examples to our, us believers in here. And they would, they would lay their burdens down for the burden of Christ in a minute. And, we, and I thank you for your example. And so as our praise team comes back up for our invitation, and me and Brother David will be up here, if there are some things that you need to, to lay at the feet of Christ, some burdens that you need to lay down. Maybe there's, we need to, to remember to trust in God's word. If you are a believer, it says to come to me, all you are weary, and I will give you rest. If you have already been saved and you know the Lord, but you are just, you're carrying something. It says, I will give you rest. Rest in him. Trust in him. If you don't know him, surrender your hearts tonight. And when you lay things at this altar, leave them there in exchange for the burden of Christ. We hope this message will help you in your spiritual walk and growth. For more about Ridgecrest, please visit us on the web at www.rbc-tuscaloosa.com. Have a great day and God bless.